Hi, I'm Johnny Reinhardt. And I'm Megan Francis. And you're listening to the Meet the Makers podcast. In this show, we talk to the masters who create beer, wine, and spirits in Southwest Michigan to hear what inspires their craft. It's all part of the Makers Trail. You can learn all about the makers that are part of the Makers Trail at makerstrail.org and plan your route with the map available right at their website, makerstrail.org. And now it's time to Meet the Makers. We are heading down the Maker's Trail, and we are here at 12 Corners Winery here in uh, Benton Harbor. And uh, this is a great little spot because, uh, you know, it's just absolutely beautiful. When you drive up down the driveway, you see the awesome vineyards. And we are here to uh, meet the makers with the uh, Maker's Trail. And we are here with uh, uh, one of the winemakers, Glenn Griffendorf. Glenn, tell me a little bit about yourself. You've been a winemaker here, but uh, how did it all get started for you to, to want to start to do something like this? Well, I grew up on a grape farm in Broda, and I've um, was sort of a second career that I started. Okay, that it I was going to the wine viticulture days and steak fry at MSU in the summertime, uh-huh. and met a lot of great people, and the networking was there, and it looked like it was just something fun to do. So you went to school for it, learned about it, and then uh, just started. I actually doing it. got a job at a large winery in the area. Okay. And then when I started at 12 Corners, everything here has basically been self-taught. Really? Yeah. No, no real honest schooling. <laughs> so a lot of uh, mad scientist type of uh, experimenting on some stuff. Yeah, um, a lot of trial and error. And mm-hmm. I was very lucky that there's mentors in the area that mm-hmm. took me under their wing and gave me a lot of advice and how to it. How to do it. And that is wonderful because that is, the, the, like we've said, the rich history of this area with all the different wineries and some of them have been around for longer than some of the other ones. You've got those people that, that learn from the others and, uh, and branch out into other places, and it's a really cool thing. Yeah, and um, you get what you ask for because I already <laughs> have people that are asking me what to do. That's and wonderful. in my short career, I've only been doing winemaking for t- solid for about 10 years. Okay. And now there's the brand new guy, too, that's down the street that yeah. feels the same way. That's wonderful. It's, and it's a great community kind of experience to just uh, show people all that. And then now you become, uh, you're the guy that was trying to just figure things out. Now you're the guy that, that's helping people out uh, doing the winemaking wine making themselves. Yeah, strangely enough, I'm already maybe a veteran. <laughs> You were talking to me about this before we got started, about how this this winter that we had is kind of been a little bit weird when it comes to the, all the stuff that you guys are growing to, to have uh, wine in the future when it comes to your, your grapes and as well as your apples and things that you, you put into the wine. It's uh, been kind of an unseasonable kind of thing, right? Right. Yeah, it was a little bit warm in February, and we were keeping our fingers crossed that it would go back to winter. We don't really want spring to hit until May. Yeah, because it, it totally throws things off when yes. it comes through the cycle of, of how things are supposed to go. It's supposed to get cold, and then it's supposed to get warm. Not this whole back-and-forth thing. It's, it's been uh, not so good. But, but overall, not too bad for, for this stuff, right, for these, for these grapes, right? Yeah, overall, this was a real mild winter. And compared to the previous two winters where we hit 10 to 20 below, those two winters were devastating for a lot of the vineyards. Uh, so this year, we're hoping for... Plenty, more, plenty of production. Yeah, definitely. And you are uh, you walked us through uh, kind of the, the place that people don't really see all that much, and that is the uh, the lab and the uh, all the tanks and seeing all the barrels and all of that stuff. Uh, and things are going well there. You guys are busy every single day. You were you're showing me something with uh, something with your hard ciders as well, right? Yes, we look like we're going to be fermenting 
practically year-round now with the cider. We can get the apple juice brought in in midsummer and start a tank, whereas grapes, we would just pick the pick the grapes in September, October, and then harvest season and fermentations happen then. Right. So the apples are going to give us a longer season downstairs. And so you guys uh, collaborate, and uh, you get your apples. You grow your apples, some of them uh, right here on the grounds, and uh, some of the and you press them at a different place, right? Yeah, we collaborate with um, Grandpa's Cider Mill mm-hmm. in Coloma, and uh, they help us source apples too when we need certain varieties that we don't have enough of. This place is uh, really cool, and uh, obviously the unique name of Twelve Corners. Uh, what corner are we at right now? Ah, we're at the south corner. <laughs> we're at the south corner. So, how did the, what is the story behind uh, the name of Twelve Corners? Well, Twelve Corners is a really strange intersection off of Red Arrow Highway and uh-huh. Benton Center Road, and it's been there at least 100 years. I've seen pictures in history books of Benton Harbor where there's a horse and wagon coming down a rutted dirt road with a load of peaches on its way to the Benton Harbor Fruit Market way back before cars. So it's been there a long time. Yeah, there is a, definitely a rich history in this area. I mean, just driving here, uh, you know, closer to uh, downtown Benton Harbor, going through the House of David uh, area and Mary City of David. So a lot of rich history here and a lot of rich history when it comes to growing grapes and making wine, right? Yeah, we've been um, playing around with French-style grapes since the 70s, mm-hmm. and it seems to have really found a area here where they can thrive. Winters aren't too cold. And um, we're close enough to a large population, northwest Indiana and Chicago, that it's turning into a nice business. Yeah, it's been uh, absolutely wonderful uh, to, to see just all of these vineyards and all these uh, wineries pop up. We feel like we're in like this this cool wine country right here in southwest Michigan with the rolling hills and the, the grapes. And uh, just driving down the road and smelling the grapes is one of my all-time favorite things, whether it's, uh, you know, grapes for grape juice or grapes for wine. It's just, it's a really cool experience. And that's uh, one of the things you might experience when you come here, whether it's the spring or in the summer or in the fall, because uh, a lot of things that people do is they come here on winery tours. And uh, this is one of the stops that you can make. Uh, so tell me a little bit about what the experience would be when somebody gets uh, you know out of their car and walks around uh, here at the 12 Corners and, or gets off the uh, winery tour bus, what they're going to experience when they come here? Well, first of all, we're set out of a state, which means that we have our own vineyards and we produce our wines off of our own grapes. So you'll see about 40 acres of vineyards that are spread around. Um, when, you, when you get off your bus and come inside, then we have a exciting, noisy tasting room that <laughs> always seems like it's a lot of fun when there's people and uh, Saturdays there'll be a guy playing music and uh, makes it um, enjoyable. Yeah, that is an, an enjoyable experience for sure because uh, that is one thing I was going to ask you is, but, you know, event-wise, uh, there's a lot of events that go on here uh, throughout the year, correct? Yeah, right now we have music on Saturdays and we're this summer we're going to offer at least once a month. We haven't mm-hmm. quite nailed it down yet, but we have a, a wagon now that we can take vineyard rides on. Very nice. And it, you can go right out there, and uh, the driver will um, explain the grapes right there in person. That's wonderful. And uh, the very knowledgeable people in the tasting room is always a good thing because that's really what a lot of people want. I mean, because you can go to the store, and you can get uh, a bottle of wine uh, pretty much from anywhere these days. But when you find a wine that is uh, you know, something like for, from 12 Corners, 
you kind of wanted to know the story about it, too. And that's another reason why a lot of people will drink area wines uh, here in Michigan is because most of the time they know the story behind it. So uh, the story behind 12 Corners is really wonderful, um, but you got a lot of great wines here and some award-winning wines, right? Right. Yeah, we're going to try this ice wine right now, which seems to be something that we can pull off here in this part of Michigan. It has to be around 15 degrees for the grapes to freeze solid. Okay. And we press them. So you press them frozen. Press them frozen, and the water stays behind, and what nectar comes out is typically twice as sweet as a normal grape. So... uh, so an ice wine would be good for somebody that does like a, a sweet, more Very of a sweet, 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 almost dessert style, right? Oh, yes. Very sweet. Wow. So this is the ice wine. And so this is, uh, it's like, looks like pure gold when I look yeah. at it. It was from the 2015 vintage. And wow. it didn't get cold enough to pick until the end of January. So okay. we put nets over the grapes, keep the birds out of them. Okay. And... um. That way, they're still there when we want them. Right, they're frozen. Wow, that's. I mean, if you've never had ice wine and and you like sweet stuff, that is like the perfect thing to have because that is. I felt like I just had it at a snack, like a dessert snack. <laughs> a lot, a lot of sugar in there, but um, absolutely delicious. If you're going to have a party or get together and you want to have something uh, after you had, you know, wine with your dinner, you have a little wine for dessert. I mean, why not? That would be an after dinner wine for sure. That wine is still has enough sugar in it where most wines start with that sugar and ferment to zero to dry that one still has around 22 percent sugar in it when and, it's, after it's already wine and like you said it's a uh, definitely award-winning wine uh with this ice wine right yes we lucked out with that vintage and we've gotten a couple double golds and a trophy f- with it so far wow so you're you're like the guy that not only is making the wine um but you're you're playing around with all kinds of stuff uh you're mad scientist but you're also you're kind of doing all the maintenance on this stuff, too, because like you said, you, you're picking the grapes, you're making the wine, but there's things in between, too, especially when it comes to your barrel-aging stuff, right? Yeah, red, barrel-aged red wine are one of my favorites, and to have a, a barrel system downstairs, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of maintenance, and today when you got here, I just happened to be trying to tighten up some hoops on the barrels, so we had a hoop driver, and we were pounding them down, and hopefully they tightened up and quit leaking. Yeah, because there's not really anything you can do. I mean, when uh, when stuff starts to leak out, you've got to figure out a way for that to stop happening because you can't just take the wine out, dump it, and put it into a new barrel because that kind of uh, the process that is going on, you can't really just stop it and start over. Yeah, exactly. You want to try and utilize the barrels. They're very expensive, for mm-hmm. one. You just don't throw a barrel away sure. and buy another one because you like don't like the looks of it. Right. So. It takes a it's a solid year to barrel age red wine, so it has has to have plenty of time in the barrel. But it turns out uh, absolutely delicious because that is why uh, the barrel aged wines are one of your favorites. Which which of the wines are your favorite? Um, I particularly like the Cabernet Franc, mm-hmm. which is does real well in this part of Michigan, and has consistent crop, and it's very similar to the French Cabernet Franc. That is wonderful, and that's a great thing. Is you've got. All types of wines, whether it's uh, somebody likes a dry sweet or, uh, or a dry red or maybe a sweet red or something in between. Uh, one of the ones I love is the uh, the Riverstone Red. Uh, just absolutely delicious wine, um, and it's I like it a lot. Similar to a barrel-aged red, it mm-hmm. has bl- tank-aged red blended into it, so it doesn't have quite as strong of an oak 
barrel flavor to mm-hmm. it. But yes, people typically more like sweet white wines, and there's a huge selection of those wines here as well. And some of your fruit wines as well, too. I, I almost forgot about those, uh, but you were showing me uh, that you recently had pressed uh, some blueberries as well. Yeah. We uh, take, and some blueberry wine is good, too, right? We get the blueberries in this time of year. We get them in frozen and defrost and press mm-hmm. in February when we have a little bit of extra time on our hands. So that's a local product. I would say blueberries are famous in this region. Mm-hmm. A little bit north of here, there's... Um, a nice, uh, very big blueberry region up there. Right. And then the uh, the cranberry as well is an, another one of my favorites as well. That that one's absolutely delicious. Cranberry is a great one to have, especially to, around the holidays. Yeah, great uh, things that, like we were saying, with the sweet ice wine and the uh, the other fruit wines. You really have a wine for just about any type of person, right? There's quite a few wines here. There's at least 20. Something really cool uh, you were showing us uh, downstairs in the cellar was something else you guys work on here, and that is uh, hard ciders. Yes, that is hard something cider. That seems to be a big thing that keeps popping up, and, and, and obviously we're in the fruit belt, so uh, apples are in abundance, so hard cider is something pretty cool. But how does that all work? Well, hard cider is um, made just like wine. Mm-hmm. You, get the, you get your apples in and ferment it exactly like wine, and it just has a little bit lower sugar content at the start, so it makes um, a less potent beverage. And then, of course, it gets carbonated so that it has um, like a 7-up taste, a 7-up fizz to it, like a carbonated beverage. And we are talking with uh, Glenn Griffendorf, and uh, you are the winemaker here at 12 Corners, and you were just talking about the the hard ciders. So... uh, it's a pretty. Uh, I I happen to love hard ciders, so it's a it's a pretty cool thing uh, to have at a winery because, like we were saying, with the winery tours that are going on all the time, a lot of times you'll come here with friends that maybe aren't wine drinkers per se. They they like some of the wines, but they uh, may have had tour stops at some of the breweries as well, and so a transition into that would be a good hard cider too, as they can try that as well. That would fit in with. Beer drinkers, for, for sure. sure. Yes. Um, and so you guys have, I, I love the name, uh, so it's Big Daddy, right? Big Daddy. Big Daddy's Hard Cider, and then you have, like a, a, I guess, like a sister hard, a hard cider as well with, uh, what is it called, Little Mama? We have Little Reds, Little and that's Reds. a cranberry, cran apple hard cider. We use the same apple base and have 100% cranberry flavoring wow. added to it. Wow, that's that's good. That is no, delicious. Uh, Big Daddy's Hard Cider, if you want to get that. Um, it definitely tastes like Michigan Michigan uh, apples. What kind of apples are you using for that? Well, our number one, our 50% of that would be Golden Delicious. And okay. it sort of, we sort of stumbled upon the, the recipe with the Big Daddy's because there's an orchard on the property, and it was just several rows of apples. Mm-hmm. And we picked everything we could out there and made it, made it up, and then... Came out with uh, what apples were those really, and right. figured out the percentages of them. So it's it's older varieties. It's not not really the modern varieties that you would find in a fresh uh, grocery store. Uh huh. But makes a real nice hard cider. And did you make this uh, just out of a, a whim, being a wine, winemaker, just saying, "Hey, let's uh, let's try something else," or you you specialize in hard cider as well? Actually, we did out of a whim. The first year, all the apples hit the ground, and uh-huh. uh, they turned out to be deer food for the large sure. herd over in Surratt <laughs> Nature Center. And 
um, then we thought, well, let's just try this uh, on a small batch, and it's doubled every year since we've made it. We've tried to double the volume of it. Yeah, I've heard it's a very popular. I mean, I love it, um, but also Little Reds has been uh, something that's quite new as well, right? Little Reds is real new. Last It was toward the end of last season that we made an experimental batch of, I'd say, 50 cases of it, and it's something that we're going to go forward with, too. It is wonderful because, uh, you mean, like we were saying, how uh, how wonderful it is uh, out here with the rolling vineyards. But, yeah, you're right near uh, Surrett Nature Center. That's not too far down the road. And so it's just a really cool place to experience with, uh, you know, with friends. Or you can even bring the whole family because kids want to learn about this stuff, too, the, the different wineries, uh, how all that stuff works, the science behind it. Yeah, there's a lot of room outside for kids. <laughs> when, you, when you come here in the summertime, you're not just confined to the inside to the tasting room, we have outdoor seating and the estate, the view of the woods and the vineyards. It's a great place to hang around outside. Definitely, and then with live music and things like that. Can people come here and have a wedding if they wanted to? Yes, they do have a wedding venue, and um, it's really busy out there, too. They typically two week two weddings at, per weekend. Wow, so a very busy place. Uh, if you are making your... Uh, map you're going to the makerstrail.org and you're looking at your map a place that you definitely need to stop by is 12 corners right here and it is just absolutely wonderful and uh, we are meeting with uh, glenn griffendorf from uh, 12 corners thank you so much for being a part of this you're very welcome glad you guys came